to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I saw my favorite pharmaceutical pharmaceutical commercials the other day is a Crohn's disease commercial. And I'm not laughing at Crohn's disease. Uh, (laughs) But this woman's walking to her car and she kind of clutches her stomach and then she opens her car door and her front seat's been replaced with a toilet seat. And I like died as soon as, yeah, no. And so, and then she got in the car and then she's still holding her stomach as she's driving on this toilet seat. So part of me is like, if you've replaced your front seat with a toilet seat, just go, just go like good thing. Like you, you clutch your stomach in the driveway. Good thing you open your car door and someone put it, your husband loves you. Yeah. He knew the issues you had, yeah. put, put a, put a, put a toilet there. So you could just go. Then she's driving. They blurred out the bottom half and she's just having a good time. They did blur out the bottom half. No, I'm half. just joking. Oh, <laughs> Like, that should, amazing. I, I should redo the commercial and then she's just having a good time. Like, and thank God it actually ends up being a commercial for toilets and cars, not for, <laughs> not for medication. I saw, I saw a post. Your gas makes it go. Yeah, that's right. That'd be a awesome. new car. I mean, <laughs> I'm almost there. It's not a bad idea. I saw, I saw a meme that it said, uh, Taco Bell doesn't have playgrounds because, because after you eat Taco Bell, you're just trying to make sure you don't poop your pants. They tried playgrounds for one season and they were like, no, I'm cleaning up stuff too much out there. Oh, that's great. That's funny. Hey, everybody, let's step on over to the PCC. Come on over to Pierce's Culture Corner. Let's hang out. So as of... I guess the end of April. So I haven't talked about this in, the, um, in a while, but as of the end of April, blue checks are no longer a thing. Well, I shouldn't say that specifically. Free blue checks are yep. no longer a thing on Twitter. So for those of you who may not know, the blue checks were used to verify accounts. And so if you were a celebrity, if you were a business, if you were a it's political so candidate or like a local government official, um, you could go through a free verification process. That way people knew that if a tweet came from this account, then it was coming from the actual source. And I don't know all the reasons why Elon Musk changed it, except for money. Yeah. Um, because now is there, so, okay. So I'll, I'll clear, I want to know more, but um, so now the, the free verification is taken away. Now it's $8 a month and anybody can pay $8 a month for a blue check mark. And then you have the Twitter blue subscription, which is so dumb, which that means anybody that means I could be verified as Ryan Dalglish yeah. because I could just create like, a the blue check mark has no value now because anyone can have it. Exactly. So you <laughs> said there's a reason outside of just money. Yeah. I mean, Elon Musk doesn't care about money. He bought Twitter at a loss. I know, right? This is a giant middle finger to the system that was. Mm. This is him mm. turning everything upside down yeah, yeah, yeah. for people's work. So like, it's funny to watch Stephen King is like, constantly ripping on Elon Musk and Elon Musk will respond. So, yeah, no, this was like, I mean, there might be some stuff I don't know about, like, um, like positive reasons for mm-hmm. them doing that. But yeah, this was, it seems like it was basically just to be like all these people who, um, were like famous ish on Twitter because mm-hmm. of their super lefty position he's like turning the whole thing on its head i got you yeah, yeah, so yeah. this was him saying because elon took over twitter and he did say this on the joe rogan podcast when he right before he bought twitter he said he wants twitter to return to a place where it is the um like <clears throat> public square 
of conversation, like yeah. where, where people can um, have a legitimate free speech conversations again. So I, I think gotcha. he's like removing all that was. In fact, it's crazy with the Twitter files coming out. Another thing he said is all the conspiracy theories were true. Mm. So like, I think he's seen some stuff in the Twitter files and he's just kind of like turned the whole system up. I got you. So, I mean, I think that definitely he's, he is succeeding in that. I believe that's, that was my note on here. Just like, I think that it can get to this place where it's just a place of, of social interaction now, but like there's a level of it too. I'm curious what that transition is going to look like. Right now we're in, I feel like the troll, the troll phase of it all. Uh, one of the accounts that was created was a fake Hillary Clinton account that That's announced awesome. that announced our candidacy for 2024 <laughs> and it got a fake but verified yeah so, and then yeah. and then it got like 60,000 views so many retweets and uh before they were able to take it down and then uh what was the other one oh yeah so now they took are, it down um, I guess I know, right? So that's another thing too. Is that like so? Is Twitter it, coming in speech? and well, shutting I'm that guessing, down? I think that they're they're probably so. When he took it over, there were they told him like some of the chaos of him buying it was that they said there's only I'm throwing out numbers. I don't know. There's only ten percent bots on Twitter. Well, mm -hmm. as they started doing the um, analysis for him oh. buying it, they found out it's like more like forty plus percent bots. Oh, yeah. So like I think some of this stuff is like them changing that system as well. Gotcha, gotcha. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things on the back end that they're doing. Cleaning that, house. Yeah, in essence, that people are, are upset about. And I don't know, like, what the reasoning is behind all of it, but he basically is, like, turning the whole thing on its head. Plus, it's yeah, like yeah. he's showing you can run a company with a small fraction of the people that were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, it's funny to me when people are like, this is about money. Like, Elon Musk didn't buy Twitter for money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's not making it. It was money. a terrible business decision, <laughs> you know? Well, he, go ahead. No, you're fine. I was going to say the, the, the flipping it on its head and the chaos, I think, is working. There was another, somebody that, uh, a news story that covered some fake IRS accounts that were telling people what to do with their, with their tax returns, but <laughs> during tax season, but they weren't real at all. And so like, what's funny is like, I think all of us here now have like, we have a good enough head on our shoulders where it's like, we can laugh at that. Like, that's silly. There's all these people coming in. It's just impersonating people, but there's well, also a level of like, go ahead. It's funny to me that like, that's not any different than what it was. The only difference is that it has a blue check mark. Yeah. So, I so think like it's, bef it's the same could, way as it was before, but there were people who had blue check marks who were saying, who were saying things that weren't true. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? In the past. Like what I'm saying is like, there were people, if you, I hate the words, but like just to use the cultural context, there were people spreading disinformation that were verified. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. that's what I'm saying is, yeah, it's not different now. Mm -hmm. It's just the different blue check marks. Yeah, the information is not different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as far as like a, a rule for IRS stuff that people are just screwing with people, like what those are very different. But I know what you're saying. I'm saying like, is, yeah, like there were people probably posting fake IRS stuff before. Yeah, yeah. As but, scams. Trying but to they, get weren't, people. they weren't, they weren't verified as the internal revenue service, though. No, but like I'm saying, yeah. you could, what if someone with a blue check mark who was there because they were like a financial like True. influencer and said some they, stuff that's, yeah. all, that's all I'm saying is like. Well, and also beforehand, too, like I had a, I, there was some celebrity I followed that was verified who couldn't change their ad handle, but they could change their name. And so, like, there was times, I forget who it was, but it was probably some comedian. There was times where he was, like, Mr. White Man. There was other times where yeah, he was, yeah. like, free baller. Like, and, but, like, so, like, what's funny is I could have a verified account and then change my name to IRS, but my handle is something different. So, yeah. like, you're right. Yeah, there's, anyway, I think that there's an aspect that I like about it, too, is that there, it was so much trust put into Twitter as a news source, as a, as a reliable source for these types which of things. Which is not supposed to be. Which is not supposed well, to be. So, there's a level of it that I think that it's good. It's that there's a different kind of reset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
I, I think that it does suck for some people who were using it as that, like as yep. a verified person that wanted to communicate clearly with their fans or their followers or whatever. Like, I think that it sucks for some politicians now going into the next race just because it was that. Well, it thing. can't be that for politicians because it, they've proven that that Twitter was a left influenced oh, platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you couldn't say politicians. Yeah, you yeah. could only say it sucks for liberal politicians <laughs> who are on the left. Exactly. Wow, yeah. Pierce. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think you're actually expressing the problem is that most people view it from a general standpoint instead mm -hmm. of actually seeing what, yeah, what it was. And so I think, so my view, I, I kind of had a more of a, I don't know what I think about this, but my view is now, I think that there's a level of it that can be, really good to help set the stage not only for twitter but also for just the future of social media in general of like of we maybe we become too trustworthy in these types of yes. sources and we yes. should realize that they're being handled not only by individuals behind accounts but also biased companies that are even yeah. behind that even more so yeah yeah, yeah so really start being start being an individual yeah like stop just believing everything you see Mm -hmm. start start being skeptical of the stuff you see on social media which is funny because that's what i was taught my whole life my my myspace profile account i could not have my real name so my because my mom was like you do not put that information out there so my first name was poo poo and my last name was head <laughs> and i was and i was poo poo awesome. head on on myspace when i first got it when i was in middle Man, if school that had been my name i probably wouldn't have met my wife <laughs> know, on MySpace. Right? i'm not gonna date poo poo head. <laughs> but when mine i was, was in middle school mine but, was poo poo front seat in my car <laughs> that's right but now what's funny is i'm having to, i'm having to tell my mom like every day like don't respond to that email don't open that I link split. what are you doing yeah. yeah stop so i think this is something that can help reawaken all aspects of culture i of don't like, think it will but i think it has a chance to. <laughs> yeah at, at least in the little realm of twitter where people can just you can't trust twitter anymore yeah uh, cool awesome ryan what are we talking about today man today pierce we are going to talk about uh, what it is that motivates the believer in their decision making uh day-to-day day-to-day uh, -day things day-to-day -day life what it is that is the motivating force behind the believer's decisions but Ryan, haven't you said that Christians can sin as much as they want? <laughs> well, actually, Pierce, no, we have not said that. <laughs> Although people have said that we've said that. Uh, what we have said is it was a, that... It was a now verified account on Twitter that told yeah. me you guys said that. <laughs> right. uh, they paid for <laughs> that blue They check. paid for that blue check. Yeah. <laughs> can we just add the blue check mark to our simpler logo? Yes. <laughs> people start believing everything we say. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, so one of the things that we have said, uh, Micah has said it, and... I think there'll be an opportunity for you to speak to it more in this episode, Micah, but like we, we can do what we want to do, but we believe that once you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1, 12 and 13, once you have been given the spirit uh, so that you're no longer of the flesh, Romans 8, 8 and 9, and uh, once the spirit has then reminded you who Jesus is and shown you what is holy, so John 14, John 16, John 13, uh, then the result of that is that we're bearing fruit for God, like Galatians 5, 16 says that if you submit to the spirit, you don't carry out the desires of the flesh. Here's the fruit of the spirit. And so we believe that the desire fundamentally changes in the heart of the believer as influenced by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so not implying that you don't sin. Right. But that you're, I think it's where people mistake what we say is like, we're not saying that you will never sin again. What we're saying is right. there's an opportunity for you to live life for the glory of God instead of live life for your own glory or for the glory of something else. Right. And that's the fundamental difference. I think it's funny to me that people don't ever, they love Galatians five. They love the fruit of the spirit, but they don't, they don't ever like reference verse 16. Um, right. When they talk about the fruit of the spirit, that if you walk by the spirit, you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just interesting to me that that's not, 
that's not talked about. Like we, I spent my entire childhood hearing preachers say to Christians, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And it was all like these moralistic viewpoints. Some of it was like debatable. Like don't listen to Christian. I mean, don't listen to non-Christian music. Mm -hmm. Like that's a debatable moral. Like, I I don't even know what that means. Like what makes something Christian music and not, is it just because someone slaps a genre of Christian music on it? Yeah. Yeah. Because Christian music that's pretty awful. Has really bad theology. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So like, that's all I heard. But what I never heard or heard very rarely, I should at least say is someone, instead of saying, don't do all these things, say, listen, if your focal point is to walk by the spirit, you won't actually do the things that are contrary to the spirit. Right. Like, why is that not a common thing we talk about? Right. Well, there are two texts that we want to kind of use as a jumping off place for this conversation. One is 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I want to come back and give a little bit of context context to that. The context. Contact. Contact. <laughs> all right, Bugsy. Uh, and then um, Colossians 3.17, that says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1 Corinthians 10.31, Again, it's more than just looking at one verse. He goes on to say the next two verses. So if you're going to quote 31, it's super helpful to quote 32 and 33. (laughs) But it's even better to know the whole context. Well, 31 through 33 says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews or to the Gentiles or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone and everything, I'm not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Yeah. So the, what he has in mind here is the gospel. Now, if you go all the way back, this conversation begins in chapter 8. And in chapter 8, he's talking about uh, that there are believers who are eating meat sacrificed to idols. He says, we know that an idol is nothing. You can eat meat sacrificed to an idol. But it was causing problems in Corinth for relatively new believers and they were confusing the gospel. They were thinking, okay, you're worshiping the idol that I just left yesterday, and you're also worshiping Jesus. And it was causing confusion as to what the gospel meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then chapter nine, Paul says, I laid down my rights. I give up my rights for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. This is the famous text where he says, I've become all things to all men that I might win some, which is exactly what he's saying at the end of chapter 10. Uh, he'll tell us in chapter 10, well, he says at the end of chapter nine, which everybody uses as an FCA verse, but he says, <laughs> he says, uh, I don't run as without aim. I don't box as without purpose. He goes, I discipline my body and I make it my slave. I make it my servant. And he's talking here again about laying aside his rights for the sake of the gospel. He doesn't allow his appetites and his desires and his cravings to direct him. Mm-hmm. He, he chooses to be directed by the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then he introduces in chapter 10, he says, So he's just come out of, I don't let my appetites lead me. I discipline myself so that I can make much of the gospel. And then chapter 10, he says, let the people of the Old Testament be be an example to us. Look at the cravings they had and look at the desires they had and look at how it destroyed them. And he talks about the sin of Peor. He talks Mm -hmm. about all these sins. And he goes, look, we know that everything is permissible for us, but not everything is beneficial. beneficial. And what he means by beneficial there isn't beneficial to self. He means beneficial to the people who you're trying to reach for the gospel. Yep. Mm-hmm. He goes like, we need to be concerned about them. Yep. And and so when he gets down to first uh, Corinthians 10, 31, it says, whether I eat or drink or whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God, giving no offense to the Jew, the Gentile or the church, um, not seeking to please myself, but to please every, as I try not to please everyone. And just as I try to please everyone and everything, not seeking my own advantage, yeah. mm-hmm. but that they might be saved. The motivating factor behind Paul laying aside his rights, the motivating factor behind Paul disciplining himself with self-control is that people would know who Jesus was. Yep. Mm-hmm. That, that is the key factor. Yeah. That 
Paul is making decisions, and I think that we can talk about this in a more broad sense, but Paul is making decisions so that people will know Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and the believer, the person who has the spirit, the person who has put faith in Christ, that has to be one of our key motivating factors. Yeah. That yeah. we are concerned about how the gospel is represented and we're concerned that yeah. the people around us and in our world and our That's not I don't feel like that's the motivation of what I hear people talk about when they say like here's why I do or don't do something. Mm-hmm. Hardly it's ever. more from typically it's from a perspective of my position before God or my holiness or like how God views me. It's, it's funny because it's very, the opposite of not seeking my own advantage in that regard. Not what Paul's saying, but like there, there, it's a very self-centered mindset of like, I don't want to sin because I want to make sure that I'm holy. Yeah. Which that's like saying, screw you, Jesus. It wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. There was a, there was a clip the other day by uh, Joel Osteen's wife. She's standing on stage with him at the end of the service. And she says, does she have a mullet too? No. <laughs> that would but, be dope. But she says, listen, she goes, the thing that God wants more than anything uh, is for you to be happy. Your happiness is God's chief goal. And she goes, so we don't come here to worship for God. God, mm. we're not, we're here to worship for us. We're here to worship Holy for crap. our happiness. Yeah. And she goes, so don't, don't make your worship. Don't make, mm. don't make your singing about God, make it about you because when you're happy, God's happy. And, and like that's like one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. But but we kind of approach things like that mm-hmm. from from my yeah, own advantage, my right. own my own perspective. It's it's Paul saying in Philippians two, he says uh, he says consider he goes have this attitude in yourself. Well, what does he say first? He says uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Mm-hmm. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about Jesus being obedient to the cross mm-hmm. and glorifying God. And, and the call on the Christian life is to be motivated by the magnification of Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Not the magnification yes. of self. Not, not like, well, not that in this case, and what's beautiful about this is people want to make this conversation. When they have this conversation about 1 Corinthians, they say, see, you shouldn't eat meat sacrificed to idols, which is never what Paul says. Mm-mm. He actually says you can eat meat sacrificed to idols and says that if somebody who worships idols invites you over to their house for dinner, eat. Eat whatever's set in front of you. Mm-hmm. He said the moment they tell you it was sacrificed to an idol, don't oh. eat. Mm-hmm. And he said not for the sake of your conscience, but for theirs. Mm-hmm. So Paul's concern is always that someone will know Jesus, yep. which is why when, why when he says to the Jews, I act like a Jew, meaning he restricted himself to the law when he was in the Jewish communities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To those who are not under the law, I acted like someone who's not under the law. In other words, I I lived in the freedom that comes from not being under the law. Contextually, in the culture. Yeah, like, I know culture. People, I know people who are doing missions amongst Muslims, which means they're not going to drink. Right, alcohol. and the women are going to cover their heads. Right. Yeah, I know people who are doing missions in Europe, and they're going to drink. Yeah, and <laughs> and they're they're doing those things with no regard for their right. right. They're it's disciplining the themselves for the sake of the other people. And and I think like people go, oh man, I have a freedom to go, I have a freedom to watch porn or I have a freedom to go watch mm. this movie that isn't quite porn, but it might as well be, you know, I have, <laughs> yeah. I have the freedom to do that. Um, I have the freedom to drink. Uh, Is that like the movie Signs? There was a whole lot of corn in Signs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like people, people are making decisions, like you said a moment ago, yeah, Micah, of, of, I'm going to do this so I can be holy and look how holy I am. So kind of a self-righteous, pharisaical thing. Or even thing. feel on the flip side to like, feel like they're not bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or they're doing it like these Corinthians are doing it and going, well, screw you. I have freedom to do whatever yeah. I want to do. So I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. Because it's self-focused. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and so even the, so the 
because there's I forget what chapter it is when he's talking about the the uh, <clears throat> younger believer. Not yeah, fourteen meat sacrifice idols. So basically saying like you're you're you don't want to cause them to violate their conscience. Yeah, yeah. and it seems like it's the same idea though. It's about the other person. Oh, that's not 14. That's no, earlier. That's it? Romans 14. He talks about the weaker brother as yeah. well, but also in Corinthians. Yeah. He's saying like, yeah. if, if, if a younger, if a younger believer believes that meeting, meeting, meat, <laughs> that's awesome. Eating meat sacrifice idols is wrong. And they see you doing it as an older believer. The implication is like you're, you're causing them to do something and then they do it yeah. because they think this is wrong, but it's okay because it's like yeah. you're, you're putting them in an awkward position, like yeah, you're causing them to sin. Is kind of what he's saying. It, it is causing them to misunderstand the gospel. Yes, mm-hmm. and I think that's the point. Is it's same idea of he says in in ten thirty three, not seeking my own advantage. Right. So in those moments, he's saying I'm sacrificing my freedom to eat meat sacrificed to idols for the sake of even this younger believer. Right. So that they will grow in their faith for the sake of the gospel so they can represent the gospel well. You right. Know what I mean, so the, they, they don't, he, implications, they don't understand yet that they have the freedom to eat the meat sacrificed to idols. Right. They still think it's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I had someone come up to me one time and tell me that's why we shouldn't do music on Sunday mornings. It sounds like music from the world because he goes, it's, it's offensive to me. Like Paul says, <laughs> and I was like, well, are you saying that I was like 20 something? He was, I, and he was like in his forties or fifties. I was like, so are you saying you're like a younger believer than me? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Um, well, and what a lot of people miss is that their personal offense isn't the thing that's, that's at stake here. No. Yeah. Paul's talking about their understanding of the gospel. Yeah. So when he says to give no offense to the Jew, the Greek, or the church of God, he's not talking about you grew up in an alcoholic home. And so you're offended if I have a beer. Right. Yeah. He, he's saying that like the, the understanding of the gospel has been compromised. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like, in fact, the implication with the younger brother or the younger believer is that they haven't quite understood yet in mm-hmm. maturity. Yeah. Who could that they, yeah, that the freedom they have. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, the implication is like, you could say like, if you still find offense over those things, what you're actually admitting is that you're not mature in Christ. Right. Yeah, and, and and if that's where you are, that's okay. But stop whining and complaining about it. Which he does say in Romans. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the immature believer says, "No, we can't eat these foods. Right. We have to observe these certain days or whatever." And so, uh, all right. To that end, the text in Colossians, and let's not leave Corinthians behind, but let's bring both yeah, of them sure. in together. Uh, Colossians three seventeen: Whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving uh, uh, giving thanks to God through Him. And and so. Colossians 2, you go back, and he, he, we were talking about this on the drive over. He says, don't be captured by empty deceit, uh, empty philosophy, these things that are of the spiritual forces, the elemental principles of the world. And then he says, "For we're not concerned with bodily circumcision. We're the true circumcision, those who have put faith in Christ. We're not concerned with the Sabbath. Don't let people, these things are a shadow of Christ. Yeah. And then he gets down to chapter 2, verse 21, and he says, if then you have died with Christ to the elemental spirits of the world, why are you still submitting to these regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, all referring to things that perish as they are used. And so then in chapter three, he says, instead of avoiding, instead of avoiding foods, uh, which Paul in his letter to Timothy calls doctrines of demons, uh, instead of avoiding foods, instead of avoiding these things, he says, avoid sin, avoid, well, he, he says, um, anger, wrath, malice, yeah. slander, like there are more weightier issues, right? And then he says, instead, put on love, put on compassion, put on forgiveness. And he tells them to put on all these things, uh, worship together, teach one another, admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And he says, and whatever you do in word or deed, folding all the way back onto chapter two, 
Let it be done in the name of Jesus. That's the, like the, the overarching statement. All the things I've said here, yeah. it's combined in this one statement. Yeah. Whatever mm -hmm. you do. Everything leading up to that point do in the it previous in the name couple of, of chapters. Yeah. 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 Do it in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God through him. And so, so like, here, here's our motivation. Our, our motivation is that people would know Christ. And then our motivation is that we would do everything that, everything that we do and everything that we speak would be done in the name of Jesus giving thanks to God through him for it, which is, which is so crazy because you have people who are like, they, they compartmentalize. We've talked about this a lot, um, in various ways on this podcast, but they compartmentalize. And so Jesus is kind of relegated to Sunday mornings and maybe Wednesday nights, and maybe the Bible study you attend midweek or whatever. And then the rest of life is just life. Mm -hmm. And you just, you just go and you do your thing and you make your decisions and you make your choices and and how you act as a dad at your kid's little league game uh, doesn't have any bearing on how you worship Jesus on <laughs> Sunday morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so you're acting a completely different way and you're forgetting that even there you're representing the gospel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And or you should, you, you are representing the okay, gospel. <laughs> and side note on that, that's an interesting conversation in this, in this context because the idea is whatever you do, do it in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. So let's say, you're at the game, since you said it, I'll put it on you. Yeah. And you're incredibly uncomfortable with conflict. Yeah. And I'm at the game and I don't care about conflict at all. Yeah. And the ref makes a terrible call and I call him out for it. In that moment, there's a possibility that you could be like, Micah, you're misrepresenting Jesus when I'm actually, I'm not. Sure. So we can't in those moments then set up our own sense of morals right. that define what it is to do something in the name of Jesus. Right. Yeah. We have to be careful that our personalities aren't the things that are, we're using Correct. as a standard. Yeah. That's um, the difficulty is people start putting in their moral perspectives yes. of what this is. So they'll say, yeah, I want to do everything in the name of Jesus, which means Here's what it looks I don't like. do this and I don't do this. And you go yeah. back to the same system he just talked about in chapter two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and the the thing about it is that like um we can't we can't hold other people to our personality standard um yep. but we also can't excuse our behavior based on our personality yeah uh, yeah no 100% yeah, which so is why i think the, these two extremes so it, has, it still why, has to be motivated by christ okay that and i think people i don't want people to miss this the what paul is saying is it's a heart perspective yes so this can't be this can't be like me telling you ryan well, let's, let's put it in the game perspective. Let's say that happened. We were at a game. Ref was awful like they always are. And I said <laughs> something and you came up to me afterwards and you were like, man, I'm really uncomfortable with how you treated that ref. The question you should ask me is not, did you do the right thing? But like, what was your motivation? Yeah. Like what, what was the motivation behind that? Sure. And if it's, if it's, if it wasn't a motivation of like self or anything like that, then I'm not sure you could say right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the moment you try to say, here's the standard for what yeah. that looks like, then you've gone back to chapter two of Colossians and, and said here, I'm setting up these lists of rules and regulations of what it looks like to interact as a father at a sports, sports event. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I think we can also to the other extreme be like, we can have the conversation of, if if you're getting thrown out of every game you go to for your you kid, you just set up a standard. Like, I, what if? What if? I'm just saying. Like, what if? All I said was, "Ref, that was a terrible call," and they get mad, and throw me out. True, that's true. I, you're what I know. What you're defaulting to. I'm just telling you what yeah. the direction you're going is to set up a standard instead of what Paul seems to be saying in the text is a perspective shift. So. The but, goal, but the perspective shift is how other people. It's not about your conscience. I know. Let me finish. Okay. If the goal is the gospel, right. so I say, whatever I do, I want to do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, tying in 1 Corinthians 10, 
so that the world can know Jesus. Right. If that's my goal, that has to be my heart. If that's my right. heart, that changes the way I speak. What I'm sure. saying is, is when someone hears me say, here's you say, yeah, but you got to act this way at a game. Now the goal is not my heart for the world to know the gospel. The goal is for my, me Certain not behavior. to act wrong. Yeah, That's yeah. why I'm saying, I know where you're going. I'm just yeah. telling you, you're going to set up the same standard. No, you're right. We have, to, we have to be careful that we don't default to a standard. So it's got to be an individual perspective and heart of my heart is to do everything in the name of Jesus for the glory of God so that yeah. the world can know Jesus. And it has to be left at that and encouraged and pushed from that direction versus saying, let me change your Here's behavior. Here's what it looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and what will happen, I think, is you'll be able to do a self-evaluation and, you know, later that yes, night and yeah. go, okay, wait a minute. Which is why did I'm I saying, have, did like, I have a concern for this person or not? Yeah. And, Which is why I'm saying the question, if we're going to call each other out on this, has to be what's your motivation rather yeah. than did you do the right thing? Yeah. yeah. Well, because a lot of times that will deal with it, right? Because, uh, for example, I was having a conversation with uh, Michelle's family yesterday at lunch. It was Taco Sunday. Uh, nice. and, uh, not Tuesday. It's a terrible alliteration. Yeah, I know <laughs> it was Saco Sunday. <laughs> there you go, yeah. uh, so the other day we were there and I was talking to my sister-in-law and we were talking about law versus gospel mindset, you know? And so mm -hmm. people will say the 10 commandments say thou shall not murder, um, thou shall not kill whatever. And so the, the Hebrew there means you won't do anything that would cause the death of someone else. It doesn't just mean malicious intent. Right. You won't mm -hmm. do anything that would cause the death of someone else. And I was just saying, I can think of, without trying hard, probably a dozen ways that I would take somebody's life. Uh, if wow, if that's yeah. it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. Look, without, without trying hard, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. think of a dozen scenarios where I would not hesitate to take someone's life. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant like how. Like, no, 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 like different, like different methods. All right, I got a pocket. I, I have a lot of ways I've been playing to kill people. <laughs> <I got rocks. laughs> no, but like, I don't. You mean like scenarios yeah, where, yeah. yeah I don't have you. my CCL, but like, uh, I was watching a video the other day of another guy who, um, <laughs> like three guys came in to rob a restaurant and a couple of people with CCLs uh, put them down, all three of them, and stopped them from hurting anybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I can think of situations like that where I would do that. And, and people who are like, no, 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 you can't, you can't kill, you can't murder. Like, what do you say to our Christians who are in the military? Yeah. And you're going to, they're going to say, well, no, 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 that's justified. Well, it's justified based off of what the American government is saying, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, you get into this whole thing. So it, it, it can't be, it can't be don't murder. It has to be heart it has to it can't Absolutely. be yeah, can't yeah. be don't yell at the ref it has to be the heart behind right. it i think that's uh, the only reason i'm making that point is i think a good the, point the danger we run into is that we we say okay i get the point but now i'm going to set up a whole new list yeah. of of parameters for us to live by <laughs> we burn one list just create to create another correct yeah. and yeah. those we've said this forever like morals are culturally driven yeah like yeah. not all of them but a lot of morals are culturally driven and so yeah. like you can go to another part of the world and that's not a big deal or it is a big deal and it's not a big deal where you're at right so like if if morals are the basis by which we're making decisions, we're not doing First Corinthians ten, and we're not doing Colossians. Well, 3. and the question you have to ask there is, uh, what standard of what standard of morals? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, like the fundamentalist Baptist church that I grew up in said, you can't watch movies. Don't go to movies. Right. Wow. Yeah, uh, I know. You couldn't watch movies. You couldn't touch playing cards because even though you could play Battleship or whatever with them, playing so, cards were of the devil. But could you play games as long as somebody else held your cards? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, as, long as, so. as long as you don't touch as the cards. As long as you're not the one that touches them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy, can you come over here? <laughs> yeah. Use those hey, card holders. You're not a Christian, right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Use those card holders and chopsticks. <laughs> yes. yes. There, you <laughs> there you go. Didn't actually touch it. The letter of the law. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, uh, and I've used this example before, but like, my dad 
was around church enough to kind of know the rules, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so the, the woman that he ended up uh, being with for 26 years before she died, they got together in, for the last eight years of my parents' marriage and then were together for another 18 years beyond that. And uh, when they first got together, my mom had approached him and said, are you having an affair with this woman? And he was like, no, 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 gosh, no. He goes like, we just, we make out a little bit. We fondle a little bit, but what? we haven't had sex. That's wow. what he said? Yeah. So wow. his, <laughs> for, for, so yes. Yes. yeah. Yeah. So for him, it wasn't, it wasn't adultery because it wasn't sex. Um, and then there was another time that he said to me, he, go, he goes, you'd be really proud of me. Uh, I'm not drinking anymore. And, and I was like, okay, great dad. And you know, that's, that's great. And he goes, he was in sales at this point. That's important to the story. He goes, I mean, look, I have, I have a beer when I'm taking a client to lunch, which was literally every day. And he goes, and I have a couple on the golf course with the guys, which was at least four times a week. Yeah. And he goes, but other than that, I'm not drinking anymore at all. And then there was a period in his life where he completely quit drinking, but he would go buy NyQuil, a lot of it and get drunk off of NyQuil, which is worse, yeah. but he wasn't drinking. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And so like, come on, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's why it can't be about the letter of the law. Right. It has to be yeah. about the heart. Right. And, and so we, we have to be honest enough, I think, to kind of do a, a personal inventory, Yeah, you yeah. know, a heart check and, and let the spirit like not probably, I, I don't trust myself enough probably to do myself a personal inventory apart from the spirit. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. some people are just kind of like, well, you know what? I think this is okay. And they just decide it's okay without like really letting, does that make sense what yeah, I'm yeah. trying to say? I, I don't I think, know how to say it better. I think actually, I don't, I don't think it needs to be a personal inventory. I think it literally just needs to be a shift of mind and heart. Yeah. Is what yeah, he's saying. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it, c combined with Galatians five sixteen, if you walk by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. This mm -hmm. isn't, hey, do a bunch of work to get to a place where you can now live for the glory of God. It's literally yeah. a shift you could do right now and saying, like, my entire life now is to be live for the glory of God, so people will know Jesus. Like, yeah. that's it. If you go to that place, here's what I'm. Th here's what Paul's saying. If you go to that place and you begin walking by the Spirit then what you will notice is those things, Ryan, start to move away. Right. And I, here's my thought, total thought. I think you start to know. So, for example, in the sports example, I think you will know when you've gone too far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I yeah. think you will know because you're walking by the Spirit, which Agreed. means the Spirit's going to be like, yeah. so, it, like, and I know this is me saying this, I don't freaking give a crap what other pe people think about what I say because I'll know whether I've gone too far or not. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there are people who are always uncomfortable with how I interact with people <laughs> well, socially. And, and if you've gone too far, you'll make amends. You'll Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Then I'll, I'll be able to know. It's, so the goal isn't to not do the wrong. Right. That's what I think we're trying to say here. The goal yeah. is to live for the glory of God, whatever okay, we do, yeah. so the people know Jesus. All the way back to the beginning, right? If the motivating factor is to avoid the wrong, it's the wrong motivating Correct. factor. And mm -hmm. it will result in a legalistic standard and it will result in rules. Yeah. It will result, if, according to Galatians 5, in you doing all the things you're trying not to do. Right. Mm -hmm. If... If the motivating factor is I want to uphold the gospel well and I want to do things in the name of Jesus, yep, yeah, then that becomes the shaping force. And we've talked about this before, just in passing, just as friends. But like, I can't explain it. I truly can't. But every now and then, Michelle and I'll see a new show recommended on Netflix or whatever, and we'll start watching it. And after an episode, I'll be like, Yeah, I can't watch that anymore. Yeah, mm -hmm. and and. I can't always even put my finger on why. Yep, I'm with you. There are just times that I'm like, there's something about this that's not okay. Yep. Yeah. And I'm not going to watch it, <laughs> you know, because 
and some of it, some of it's just too dark, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is messing with things that are not okay to mess with. Or sometimes it's, I don't know, sometimes yeah, I'm with you. And, and it's super weird because what I grew up in, the rule that I grew up in was you can't see rated R movies. We've talked about this before on the podcast. And yet almost every Christian went to see Passion of the Christ. And I will never forget it, man. It was whenever it came out, I'll forget that part apparently, but <laughs> uh, I want to say like it was spring, like Oh two or something like that. And I, I went up to visit my good buddy, Jed. He was in seminary still up in Pittsburgh. And I was up there visiting with him and I went and saw it with him that spring. And here I was, if, if it was 02, um, you know, I was like 26, 27. And I was still really wrestling with going into this rated R movie, wow. you know, because <laughs> because I had, it had been so entrenched in me, you yeah. know, that you just don't do that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so... And then we're but talking I, about John Wick on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Oops. <laughs> yeah. His, what was super funny about that side note on John Wick, there are people who I guess are like ripping it a little bit. And you you said that he didn't do a great job in it. You said that- uh, His acting, yeah. Yeah, Keanu Reeves was not- I'm going to need a gun. <laughs> but what's really funny is like, people were like, he only said 380 words in it. In the whole movie. Yeah, I counted the whole time too. Did you? <laughs> and uh, they said, he's only said like 380 words in the whole movie and he got paid da 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 and, and everybody's like ripping him for it. What? And then and then somebody came along and goes, and he did a lot of other stuff and in he, the movie too. And he like was in driving two, and yeah. shooting and like. There's a lot more in that movie than just talking. Did they yeah. not watch the, maybe yeah. they're, maybe they're blind. Maybe yeah. they only heard him. <laughs> like, but, like several people started commenting like, you you realize that's not all he did, that's right? So like, funny. He does like months of training for this stuff. Do and, they like, know that people got paid for silent features back in the twenties? <laughs> <laughs> There's literally no words. <laughs> this guy didn't say anything said, at all. They he still got paid, paid money. Wow. <laughs> and then you've got Vin Diesel who's saying, "I am Groot with a hundred <laughs> different <laughs> over and over that's and funny. over again." Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah. So on on that same notes as well about Colossians. I am Groot. Oh, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> I. What's funny is like in my first coming to, to know Jesus, like for real, trying to follow after him in college, I had this weird view of holiness, which I feel like a lot of us kind of grew out of, we matured out of for sure. But like what I did was I didn't make rules based off of worldly standards. What I did was I actually wrote down all the things that he listed off. And then every like hour or two, I'd pull it out and be like, okay, was I sexually immoral? Was I impure? <laughs> yeah. Did I have passions? Was I idolatrous? Was I, was I angry oh, from at all? Galatians 5. From, uh, from Colossians chapter two or yeah. chapter three, that list that he lists off of put on or take, put off the, the oh, things of this world oh, yeah, and put yeah, on yeah. the things of God. And so, which I, exactly like what those are the saying. new 10 commandments. He lists 10. Things, I know. So, so like, know. and I would pull that out and be like, okay, did I do all those things? And then I would pull up my next card, which was the put on then. So yeah. I had my, my don't do's and my do do's, <laughs> <laughs> my, my do's over See here. Right. So, do, do. okay. Well, okay. I didn't do all the negative stuff, but did I do anything positive? Did I do actually think for God? And so it's funny, we were talking about this a little bit on the way out here, Mike, cause I was still living a life based off of law, still living a life. And then if I didn't do the things, I reaped condemnation upon myself mm -hmm. where Christ says we aren't condemned. And so I'm, I'm spitting in the face of the identity that I now have in Jesus or the other way around where if I did do all of these things, then I'm pumping up myself. I'm building up myself instead of what's his crux of this entire conversation in Colossians, where it's all rooted in your identity that you've died to the things of the world. You've been raised with Jesus and now your life is hidden with him and God. Mm. So that your life is now about him. And what he's saying is because your life is about him, don't live like the world because your life is about him. Live for Jesus, the new self that we have being renewed after the image of its creator. And then he ends up this, and then back in 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything for the Lord Jesus Christ. So that kind of like quotes everything of, 
your life is in Jesus. Now you live for Jesus. That's who you are now. Yeah. And everything changes because your yeah. life is in Jesus now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to Micah's point, like it isn't, Gosh. It isn't about, and we talked about this a couple months ago too, isn't as much about sin avoidance. In fact, it's not about sin avoidance. Exactly, it's about yeah. loving Christ. And mm-hmm. Why would it be? I don't understand. Why would it be about sin avoidance? It's so yeah. stupid, Like man. it's it's really, it really is like, Jesus, it wasn't enough what you did for us. Yeah, 100%. Instead of saying, holy crap, Jesus took care of it, so now I'm free to go live my life in the way God intended in the first place to be lived for his glory. Yeah. Why are people so why, scared of that? Which is why he says in Ephesians and Ooh, maybe Colossians, um, you've been given the new self, which is renewed again in the yeah. image of God. I forget, it's Ephesians, but I forget where else he says it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the other, yeah. it might be in Colossians. Anyways, it's it's the yeah. idea that we, like the intention in the beginning was that we're made in the likeness of God. Well, this right. new self we've been given. That is Ephesians 4, that part. Okay, the new self we've been given is made again in the likeness of God. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's back to the original intention God made us for, which is to, to be people who live and reflect his glory. Right. And I think we, like if sin avoidance is a reflection of God's glory, which I say this all the time when I preach about this, what makes us different than Mormons and Muslims? Exactly. It's, it's the, what makes us different is Jesus, which means we have life. They don't. They can avoid all the sins we can avoid. Mm-hmm. Right. They can. Yeah. What they can't do is live for the glory of Jesus by the power of the Spirit because they don't exactly. have it. They, they don't, don't have, have that life. Yeah. They don't have the Spirit. And so I, I'm, I'm pretty convinced, total opinion, but I'm pretty convinced that one of the lies of the enemy that we have so ingrained into our Christian culture is sin avoidance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This moralistic perspective of the gospel. Like I, I'm starting to wonder like all these kids who put their faith in Jesus at VBS and then grow up and live like hell the rest of their life. And then people are like, what happened to you? You said a prayer at VBS. I kind of think what we've done is we gave them the law. Mm-hmm. Gave them a false gospel. A false gospel based on the law, based on morals, instead of the life they have in Christ. Like, mm-hmm. And they actually didn't put their faith in Jesus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Every single day in my house, one of the things we pray together as a family, my kids will pray it sometimes. Sometimes I'll pray just depending on who's praying is that, God, would you give us a heart to live for your glory today, no matter what we do? I don't tell my kids, and this is just my personal preference, I don't tell my kids, here's the things you're not going to do today. Mm-hmm. If something comes up, if they like do something stupid, I'm going to be like, bro, you can't do that. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I don't give them a list of things. Like when my kids went to middle school, my older two who are in high school now, I, I didn't sit them down and go, okay, you're not going to smoke weed. You're mm-hmm. not going to look at corn. You're, you're <laughs> not going to, you know, I didn't give them a list of things. I just, what we did is we said constantly like live your life for the glory of Jesus. But I don't know why that's not enough. Like, why is yeah. it not enough to stand up in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the morning and say, God, my life is yours. Help me live for your glory today. Why is that less powerful than saying, I'm not going to do this and not going to do this and not going to do this. Right. That's a bunch of BS. Like yeah. that's a ridiculous lie of the enemy that we've believed. And it's so ingrained in our culture because we're so worried about morals. We're so mm-hmm. worried about being people that are, that look a certain way that we, I think have missed the opportunity to live for the glory of God. I think that's how the enemy has crushed the gospel amongst the American well, and, church. Yeah. And what it, it mimics or it, uh, not mimics, but it pretends to have at its heart, the gospel. But the problem is that I ran into this a lot in college. There was a lot of stuff in our college ministry that was really interested in changing people's behavior, but not really interested in sharing with them Christ. And so we would talk to the lost about why what they were doing was wrong, but we weren't talking to the lost about knowing Jesus. And so if, if that's your viewpoint, if your, if your aim is, I want to avoid sin, I want to look according to this, some sort of moralistic model that I've created or that my pastors have created or that this, the latest Christian book has created, like I Kiss Dating Goodbye, for example. Yeah. Uh, it was a moralistic standard that a lot of people bought into in the late 90s. It did. Um, in the early 20, uh, 2000s, right? And so like, 
uh, if that's our aim, we're not giving people Jesus. That mm-hmm. that's completely opposite of of First Corinthians ten thirty one. It's completely opposite of yeah. Colossians three seventeen. Like the motivation there is behavior modification mm-hmm. and not a love of Jesus. Not yeah. that people would be saved. It's and, so funny that we, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, we don't call it that. Yeah, it's just behavior modification. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, what we're doing is we're like doing a, a long term scientific experiment. So where. You know, it's Pavlov's dog, but it's a little bit different. It's it has a Christian it has a Christian name to it. Yeah. You know, um, and the enemy's laughing as yeah. we continue to fail to be people who live out the gospel. Yeah, because because none of that saves people. No, like and then so Paul says it this way in Galatians. He goes, the people who are asking you to be circumcised, demanding that you be circumcised. He goes, they themselves don't follow the law. And the only reason they're asking you to be yeah. circumcised is so they can boast in the fact that they got you to be circumcised. Mm-hmm. And and so that sounds a lot to me. This take it exactly like, like 1980s I'm saying Christianity. Well, I was gonna say it sounds exactly to me like when we uh we, we want to write down every single kid that made a decision at camp. Yes. Know? We want to uh mm-hmm. Southern Baptist local associations will give out awards to churches that have the most baptisms. Yep. Which is funny to me that it's baptisms because a lot of those churches have rules that says like if you if you grew up Methodist and then you like started coming to the Baptist church even though you put faith in Jesus beforehand and were baptized in the Methodist church which is probably sprinkled they're like no 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 you have to be baptized so like even if it's someone who had yeah. already put faith in Jesus they count salvations by baptism and then they give them an award and it's funny because it's like oh wait the churches with more money with more influence with more reach actually have more power of the spirit is what they're saying yeah because mm-hmm. they're saying the gospel doesn't rest in the power of the spirit the gospel rests in the in the ability of the church to do a good job that yep. is a load of crap honestly so the Baptist churches y'all gotta quit doing that y'all gotta yeah. quit doing that with the with the stupid awards thing give people awards give churches awards in your association for like serving the community well or like yeah. Yeah. doing missional stuff but I not don't don't do the awards at all or don't do <laughs> yeah. Awards, maybe yeah just do yeah. a recognition like thank you so much yeah just yeah. don't do any of it but anyways that's that's where we are is yeah. like that's how people view it is it's this system of like uh like this is on us versus like as if living for the glory of God isn't enough. Right. Like I tell yeah. couples, there's do like premarital counseling. Premarital counseling. Um, sometimes couples will ask like, like how do we, how do we like, you know, avoid sex with the temptation of sex? And I'm like, set it in your heart together as a couple that God is glorified in your relationship. Because if, because yeah. if you set the boundary and say we will not go to this point, you will go all the way up to that point, which yeah. doesn't mean your heart's in the right place. Well, mm-hmm. that, because what do most m- most people in that situation ask? What's the question they ask? It's not how, how far do can I gl- we go? Right. Yeah. It's not how can I glorify God. Right. Mm-hmm. How far can we go before it is sin? And then, like you said, they go all the way up to that line, and, yep. and, and it's a their really, heart is wrong. And it's a really vague question because I think for super vague, I think kind of what Paul's alluding to in First Corinthians is, if you would allow me to make a correlation to like no. physical. A relationship to meat sacrifice idols. There are some people who might have a conscience that I just French kissed my sure. my boyfriend or girlfriend yeah. for the last five minutes. I feel awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's someone else who's like, I totally am free to do that. It's okay. This is what Paul's dealing with here. Is, it's about the heart. Yeah. So it yeah, can't yeah. be about the line because the line's going to be different for people. I mean, we would always say like sex is a really clear line. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm saying like I'm yeah. saying like prior to that, you can't say anything up to that point is okay. No, yeah. you can't. And like what I've told people before, cause when they ask me that question, how far is too far? What I used to say is it depends on the day. <laughs> I was like, if you're being That's honest. True. And I said, said, there'll be times you can hold her hand and you are honoring Jesus in that. There'll be times you can kiss her goodnight and making out and you can mm-hmm. honor Jesus in that. And then there'll be times that 
holding her hand is too just much. too much for even you. Next, <laughs> she's next to her on the couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, because, I, gotta, I gotta leave. Exactly. Because right now you're not going to be able to honor Jesus in your heart exactly and your mind. Right. You know? And, and I think it changes when, when you recognize that it literally what Paul's saying is a perspective shift, a heart yeah. shift. Like whatever I do in word or deed, I'm going to do it in the name of Jesus. Whether I eat or drink, I'm going to do it for the glory of God. If you go into that relationship or anything you do in life with that perspective, God, I want to honor you in this. I want to glorify you in this so that people will see Jesus in me and see the gospel lived out in me. If that's your, if that's your heart and goal, I'm not sure why we have to like set all these weird moral rules Yeah, mm-hmm. because moral rules change. Yeah. I'm not saying there's not conversations of wisdom to happen yeah sure you know like like i might i might see like us three we might see each other oh, back to the sports game you might see something and go mike i'm not sure if your heart was wrong in that but it at least appeared to be sure like yeah. the appearance of it seemed off and then we could talk about the heart or or even a situation like that where i can be like hey you might want to have a conversation with so-and-so because they said something Yep. And, and yeah. you, can, you can at least have that conversation. It's a wisdom conversation. With, without making a declaration of it's right or wrong. Correct. Yeah. And you can have a conversation with Correct. that person. Because the goal is the gospel in that, yeah. in that moment. Well, one of the things that Paul says in, in uh, Corinthians is, I'm not seeking my own advantage. Mm-hmm. And it is, as humans, we are wired to seek our own advantage. Yeah. We just are. Which is, and I'm going to use an extreme example that the Bible uses a couple of times. And it talks about times of famine in Israel when the people were boiling their children to eat them. Yeah. And and it says that they were so wicked, they wouldn't even share their children with their, like a woman would boil her child and would not share with her husband and her other kids because she was so wow. wicked. It was all about self-preservation. And and that's a very extreme example, but that's, that is the human heart left to its own devices. Yeah. And it's interesting to me the number of times in 28 years of ministry where I've said, had a conversation with somebody, I said, look, you, need to, you, you can make a choice in this to do what you want to do, or you can make a choice in this to glorify fly Jesus, but they can't, they're not the same thing. What yeah. you're wanting to do and what glorifies Jesus are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And the number of times that I've had people look me in the face and go, yeah, okay, I want to glorify Jesus. And then later, a day later or a week later, you know what? I really like what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't care. Uh, like that, they just kind of come to the place where they've thought about it and they're like, you know what? Never mind. It, those the number that th- of times that that has happened mm-hmm. way outweighs the number of times people have come like every now and then I'll have somebody go you know what I disagree with you Ryan we're gonna do what we want to do and God's okay with it and then those people will come back to me later and go you know what we changed our mind we've realized that we really want to honor Jesus and we're not mm, yeah. it, that is way that happens way less yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. what most people decide what most people choose is themselves yep. Yeah. And the moment we put faith in Christ, we died, mm-hmm. borrowing from Galatians 2, right? Mm-hmm. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. I no longer have a say, basically. Yeah. Like Christ now reigns in me. Christ now lives in me. We are not people of the flesh, but of the mm-hmm. spirit, Paul says in Romans 8. It's not that sometimes you're of the flesh and sometimes you're of the spirit. We are of the spirit now. We are new creatures, 2 Corinthians 5. Mm-hmm. We have a new identity. Uh, we are now righteous and holy before the living God. And and for people to say, yeah, I believe all that, but I don't give a damn. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Like, well, I think that's the result of a moralistic perspective of yeah. Christianity. Yeah. Is like a false gospel, you, something. You feel so, like, you feel so trapped by the rules. Um, it's almost like, I think that's why people struggle when we say, like, you can do whatever you want to do. What I mean by that when I say it, I think you guys would agree with this, that as a Christian now who's been regenerated in Christ, who's been given the spirit, given new life, mm-hmm. who who the spirit is even there to walk with me, to hold my hand, if you will, is what Paul's saying in, in Galatians 5, 16. 
um, like hold the hand of the spirit and he'll like walk you through it um, or get in line behind the spirit. We have that power now in us. Um, like we can, we can live a life for the glory of Jesus. That's what I mean by you can do whatever you want to do. And, yeah. and that like, you were not free to do whatever you wanted to do prior to Christ, which is, I think is what Romans seven is saying. Paul's saying before Christ, the things I wanted to do, I couldn't do. I was incapable yeah. of doing slavery. You, to were, sin. you were not capable of living a life for the glory of Jesus prior to faith in Jesus, prior mm-hmm. to the regeneration, prior right. to the life, prior to the spirit. Now you have been given those things. You've been given new life. You've been given the spirit. So you can do what you want to do. What I mean by that is not, not sin and dishonor Jesus. What I mean by that is you can now live a life to glorify Jesus. You mm-hmm. can do what you want to do. I would struggle with someone who comes to me and says, I don't really want to glorify Jesus in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be like, well, let's talk about what you did when you said you put faith in Jesus, because yeah. I'm not sure you did, because yeah. it seems like the, what, the, what the New Testament implies is that the Spirit is like leading you towards yeah. living a life for the glory of God. So the struggle for me is not like, like setting a standard. It's it's literally go do what you want to do because as someone who is life in Christ, if you actually understood that, you would want to live like Paul's talking about here. You yeah, would want to absolutely. live for the glory of God. I wonder how many people, when they start to struggle with the sin, if they stopped and said, God, help me glorify you yeah. in this, yeah. how often they would still sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And well, I think that's what, what we don't want to talk about. We want to say, well, don't do the sin. Right. Yeah. Well, instead of saying like, just shift that your little mind. exercise of, you know, God, help me to glorify you in this shows that, a little bit of what Paul's talking about at the end of First Corinthians nine, where he says, "I discipline my body; I make it my slave." Mm, yeah. Instead of instead of serving my body's appetites, I yep. make my body serve the appetite of Christ. Is right. basically yeah. what he's getting yeah. to. And, and I don't even think he's I don't even think he's necessarily referencing like sin there. I think it could be also be referencing things like uh, <laughs> eating meat sacrificed to idols, or no, he totally is because that's the immediate context. And and so and the two things that he mentions in that chapter that he laid down is not taking a believing wife along oh, with yeah, him yeah, and yeah. not being paid for preaching to the Colossians right. or to the Corinthians, which he did take pay from all the other churches. So in in that case, so he's mentioned meat sacrifice to idols in chapter eight. The two rights that he has as a believer that he's laid down for the sake of the gospel, he mentions specifically in chapter nine, are being married and receiving pay for the for the preaching of the gospel. And he says, I've become all things to all people. I have beat my body. I've disciplined my body. So it's a broad sense of in whatever scenario I'm in, I discipline my body for the sake of the gospel yep, yep. so that I'm not pursuing my own appetites, but pursuing the yeah. appetite of the Lord. That's an interesting conversation because I think one of the things that people might hear us say is you don't actually have to put any effort into this just like mm-hmm. just shift your mind to say i'm going to live for the glory of god I except think for what, he pummels his body is the language yeah. i think i think the implication is is like i think we've tried to do the body discipline before we do the heart change mm-hmm. yes yeah. and i think i think that's where you get yourself into trouble if Absolutely. you say okay i'm shifting my mind my perspective now is i'm not living for me i'm living for the glory of god yeah if that's your mind shift it shifts your heart now to, to, to live for the glory of Jesus. And then you say, I'm going to discipline my body to accomplish that goal. Yeah. yeah. That's different than saying, I'm going to discipline my body to not sin. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, the two different things. That's, that's the same perspective in it's Galatians, right? Where he says, did, uh, did Abraham get circumcised and then have faith? Or did he yeah, have yeah. faith and then get circumcised? It's the exact same Romans. heartbeat. That's Romans. Yeah. yeah so, sure. uh, str- yeah, exactly. So he's stressing the point of like, it's not exactly what you just said. We don't make the behavior bonifications in hopes that we can be good with God and hopes that we can secure salvation or maintain salvation, whatever it looks like, but rather because there's a life change, because mm-hmm. we're no longer this world, because the old self has died and we are now empowered with this new self to live a life glorifying to God. 
why are we why are we messing with that other stuff? Why are we trying to prove that we can do anything on our own? Because we've never been able to do anything on our own. Right. Let's embrace the reality that Jesus now has and hold the hand of the Spirit. Like I don't. I'm so. I think. As, as we've talked about this entire conversation, I've, I've gone through like probably 10 different perspectives of why people so badly want to fight for, for works. They so badly want to fight for things empowered by their own, uh, their own efforts to defeat sin or to, to, to no longer sin. And there's been so many things that have gone through my mind and, and all of them stem back to, to a really stem back to what you said at the very beginning, Micah, of um, they don't believe that Jesus's work is enough. May yep. it may it be pride, may it be uh, lack lack of pride, may it be like a lack of self esteem, a lack of confidence, may it be overconfidence, like all of these different things. They still all stem from you don't really believe that what Jesus did is enough, and then it actually changed you. What you said was okay. I said a prayer for my ticket to heaven. Now I got to figure out my life. Yep. And or or I said I said a prayer to get my ticket to heaven, and then I realized I don't want to do this anymore, <laughs> and I'm yeah. pursuing after the world. And between people view. Um, I think too many people view Christian life as oh, what I really want to do is pursue after sex, pursue after drugs, pursue after food, whatever, whatever it may be, whatever that quote unquote personal desire may be. Instead of viewing Christianity, just like you said it, Micah, of a complete shift of identity now where our wants and desires now change. And I think there can be those moments of, of, of self-examination where you turn to the Lord and say, God, in this moment, I was feeling like I was actually wanting this more and I was wanting to glorify you. Can you help me in that? Like I was, I was, I was really tempted in this moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that it's that be, be honest with the Lord because Absolutely. he's with you. Like that's the thing. God didn't save you and then say, okay, go figure it out. Yeah. God saved the us and he's holding your hand. Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And you're telling me that's exactly. not more powerful than those like those cravings. urges and cravings yeah. inside of you. That's exactly. Stupid. Yeah. It's interesting to me. Paul in Romans 10 says, <laughs> when he's talking about the gospel, says, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord mm -hmm. and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. I'm wondering how many people have like said a prayer, but never really believed Jesus is Lord. Cause the implication of mm, Lord master. Yeah. is master. Like yeah. I have changed my allegiance from mm -hmm. me or something else or the world to Jesus. And how, how can you say Jesus is my Lord, my master without saying my heart's bent on him. You mm -hmm. can't call him my master, my Lord and say, and now my heart serve him. Yeah. That <laughs> makes no sense. Yeah. So like, and I think it's, what's different about it than like a normal God is my master, but I'm going to follow my own devices. <laughs> I know yeah. it was different about it than like normal slave master set up in like culture outside of Jesus is this is not you first disciplining yourself to become someone who serves the master. Mm -hmm. It's genius. It's, it's different. Mm -hmm. You have been freed from the thing that kept you from serving Jesus as master and been given life and the opportunity to serve as master empowered by the spirit. Yeah. So now you get to serve him, live for his glory. I guess is another way you could say that you mm -hmm. get to do that. Now that's your heart. That's your perspective change. That's your, 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 your shift of how you do life. I'll say this. I think if if people listen to this, my hope is that they will find themselves free from the mindset that they have to live by a set of rules and regulations because that's probably the thing that is keeping you from living for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably so. Well, just think about how much, like, okay, we are, we are limited as people in the amount of information our brains can process. I mean, we can process a lot, mm -hmm. but we're limited. You know, people have always said, like, I grew up hearing people say stuff like you only use 10% of your brain. That's not really true. You use way more of your brain than that. But uh, um, the, the idea I think that they're trying to say is that we are capable of more than mm. we think, but yeah. it's still limited. Like there comes a point that I, I don't want to make any more decisions in the day. So like, 
there comes a point when I've been, for me personally, if I've been around people a lot in a day or I've had a lot of conversations in a day, I need an hour by myself, like completely by myself in quiet mm-hmm. just to kind of get my brain back. You know, does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yep. And, and you hear about decision fatigue. Uh, like some of these people who are really well off will wear the same outfit every single day and they do that. So it's one less decision they have to make. (laughs) I know it sounds silly, but, and and this isn't everybody. This is just certain people who are wired this way. But like I, I started switching over my wardrobe about eight months ago to just black and gray shirts. Um, because I found myself, I I found myself on Sunday mornings (laughs) knowing that we were going to record, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and thinking, wait, did I wear this shirt last week or did I not? And I would go and I would check our YouTube feed to see if I wore the shirt last week and it would give me a little bit of stress. And now that I just have black and gray shirts, I just wear a black and gray shirt every week. Yeah. I don't care. And and I, my point in all of this is that imagine- that You need a clothing budget? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> imagine the decision fatigue that happens to a believer who is trying mm. to manage and juggle all the rules. Mm-hmm. And you're constantly going, wait a minute, is this a violation of the rule? Oh my goodness, did I violate the rule here? Wait, I know I'm free to drink, but I drank in public and did I? And you have it's decision fatigue and it's going to wear you out yep. instead of saying, my heart is to glorify to glorify Jesus. Yep. My heart is the gospel in this. Yep. And then now you're just thinking about one thing. And then I think also if that's your heart and someone comes to you and says, hey, I'm not sure if that was the best idea to do that thing in that scenario. If your heart's to glorify Jesus and they're actually saying, this might have been a thing that you did that was contrary to the glory of Jesus. Then you're not defensive about that. No, you're able no, to go yeah. at least have a conversation. At least have a conversation, because then you might also be able to go. Well, I don't know if that was something that was like dishonoring to Jesus, like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a conversation now about the gospel instead of instead the rule. of the rule, instead yes. of like yes. self made religion. Right, right. Like the the if if our conversations. If our conversations are about the rules more than they are about Jesus. It's not the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's a lie of the enemy that has kept it, us at it bay. It totally is. And if and if we're making the rules the way we access Jesus, that's also a false gospel. Like mm-hmm. one of the things, I know we got to go, but one of the things that we've shifted on recently is we have said in the past and for years in the past, we've just said, I just think that's a really poor way of teaching the truth about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And now where we're landing is like, no, 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 that's not even Jesus. Yeah. When you're, when you're proclaiming the rules as the means by which you relate to Christ, that's not Jesus. Not yeah. the that's the false gospel. Yeah, exactly. And it's weighty. The false gospel, the things of the world are weighty. This might be another one we have to do like every year. Cause I got so much to say yeah, yeah, yeah. about it every month. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going <laughs> for a while. Here's a, here's I think a reminder, I've, just, yeah. I've just felt this weight and burden for so long. I think part of the reason I still feel the, like the draw to be out preaching too is because I don't feel like this is something that a lot of people are talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it's, I, I feel almost like this desire to be a voice for this idea of living your life for the glory of God and not according well, to the standard of listen rules and regulations. You know where I'm going today? Uh, I'm going to go hang out with our friends, uh, the Pecs. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, because they've been doing a lot of marriage stuff in their community. And a few weeks back, they contacted me and they said, Hey, would you come out on the 16th? And would you come and talk to us about marriage? We have so many people whose view of marriage now is for the glory of God. That's cool. But it's, it's so it's changing, their it's changing their mindset and how they're yeah. approaching marriage, you know? And so I get to see them tonight. Super. That's so funny. Cause it's so fundamental to the way that the Christian life is described by Paul throughout the new Testament. It is. And, and there's and, so much kickback. All, of, culture, all right? three of us grew up in church. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until the last eight years or so that we started to there really are, have this There are people <laughs> that are very close with me in life 
who have been believers my entire life, who I've have done life with and respected, not you two, mm-hmm. who have an incredibly hard time with this. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I don't respect you guys. People I've done life with and respect a lot. But not, but you, not guys. you guys. <laughs> that was a really weird way. That's yeah, fun. I like it though. <laughs> that was really good. Um, but who have a really hard time with this. Yeah. yeah. Which, they, yeah. they really do. Yeah. They were, they wanna they wanna measure themselves by themselves by themselves yeah. yeah instead of measuring themselves by christ and saying i want to live my life for the glory of god mm-hmm. i had someone years ago tell me i was absolutely wrong as a parent for not telling my kids giving them a list of things i shouldn't do mm-hmm. and i knew that person's son growing up <laughs> and i wanted to be like how'd that go for you <laughs> that's funny but i don't think they knew about all the things their son did yeah, he was close yeah. to my age and so i i wanted to be but that <laughs> that's what it is. Is like, I, you know, what's funny is there's a lot of us as parents who probably are like, whether we admit it or not, our hope is that people won't view us as bad parents. And that's kind of how it drives yeah. us to parent. Yeah. Instead of saying, I could give a crap what people think about me. I just want my kids to live life for the glory of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Which if you did that, people would respect you as a parent. Mm-hmm. True. They would. I'm not saying like that your kids are always going to do the right thing. What I'm saying is, is like, you have to come to the place where you reckon, like people who disagree with us, at least respect us in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. unless they like adamantly disagree with us and then I could care less what they say. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people who still live according to a list of rules and regulations, I think they, they, they probably know like that our heart is not to like batter and beat people down. Our hope is to kind yeah. of free people mm-hmm. from that. That's what I mean by respect. Like you can, as a parent, Someone could be like, oh, you should tell your kid that they shouldn't smoke weed, which is an interesting conversation in and of itself. Yeah. But like, you know, like I would rather my kid, instead of thinking not to do this, yeah. I would rather my kid think everything I do, I want to do for the glory of God. Yep. Yeah. That's a higher, better perspective and heart to have. And I don't know how you wouldn't, if you parented that way, I don't know how you wouldn't gain the respect of other parents who were seeking mm-hmm. for their kids to live life for the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, there's an older gentleman that I met a few weeks back that, um, I had actually preached through Colossians two and three and discussing the same, the same thing, your life is hidden with Christ and God. So that's the life that we now have that we can live. We, we have the ability to live out further. And the whole time during the sermon, like he's not along again, super into it. So if I just needed a boost of encouragement, I'd look at him and nice. he's super into it. We talked afterward and he said that he, uh, he said, yeah, I was told about Jesus, came to know Jesus at a really young age. And then I just did life about me. I just did everything about me. And then he said that, I think he was at a point where he was curious what to do, like how basically how to fix it, like how to come back. And he said, I, dev- I he said, I memorized, um, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. He said, I memorized right. all three of those books. And he says, and there's a time in the word that the Lord shaped the perspective you're talking about today. And he was like, and people like, people don't get this freedom. That's what, it was so yeah. encouraging to hear this man in his sixties, yeah. seventies cool. be like, people don't get this freedom that, that they want to figure their own way out instead of just trusting Jesus, just yeah. trusting the Lord. And he was like, and I know, I know from firsthand experience that trusting the Lord brings about all the change you want mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah, but yeah. you've you got to start with trusting the Lord, like lean upon him and these changes will happen. Yeah, like, it's like Micah said, why is Jesus not enough? Why is Jesus not enough? Exactly. I'm that, still waiting to hear the answer on that. Right? People, when I ask people that in this conversation, they divert on something else. Yeah. I.e., you can't answer you that can't question. Answer it. <laughs> Do you have a simpler view for us, Micah? Outside of is Jesus enough? Yeah, yeah. That our decision making should be a simple view is our decision making should be driven by a heart to glorify Jesus in everything we do. So that's perfect. Or you could say glorify God because he says do whatever, whatever you do in the name of, name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. You know who I give thanks to? Hey, Stephen. 
We are we are at, we are at the Garden Audio as always. Go check out at the Garden Audio on Instagram. Go see what he's got going on over there. Go give him a like and a follow and say that we sent you. While you're over there, check out at Simpler Pod if you want to see clips from podcasts you may have missed. Or yeah, we have people commenting on there like, I guess I need to catch up because I don't know what's going on anymore. Whenever we share inside jokes or share different things on there, go follow along um, and go as well. Social media is a great place to get connected with us. You can send us messages on Instagram, messages on Facebook, and see what you think about it. Um, our reels now more recently have gotten into a broader audience. So if you want to have conversations with people that don't listen to Simpler at all and <laughs> <laughs> and actually join in the conversation with other people who are getting involved with some of the reels and some of the stuff we're posting. Go see the comments on there and go, go actually give people context if you want to get in the conversation. I don't know if it'll be worth a lot of people's time sometimes, but but yeah, you can go see what people are saying over there. Um, and hey, as always, keep crisis core. What could be simpler than that? I'll catch y'all next week. 